Hi, this is Jason Aaron, writer of Thor and Star Wars, and you're listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Mrs. Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. And welcome to another issue, because we have issues of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is Eric, Kylan, and myself, Izzy Iskowitz. How y'all doing? Wait, I'm sorry. Izzy? It's Mike. Sorry. It's... Yeah. I think Izzy... Uh Izzy's my... um, Uh Uh-huh. That's not your uh, second life persona, is it? That's my deep cover persona. Uh, I think I'm going to have to get a new name now. Uh, Yeah. Think so. It's been been one of those weeks I've been deep... I've been in deep cover and I just couldn't get out of it. Oh, well, I, now, now, this is different from the cover identity of Vladimir Horowitz, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a different one. This, okay. this was the deep cover given to that was inspired by Billy Crystal, an old sketch of his of Muhammad Ali, Howard Cosell. Oh, yeah! Howard, I changed religions. I, I, I've gone Jewish and my name is now Izzy Iskowitz. <laughs> okay. So it was inspired. But talking about inspiration, talking about um suiting up as tony said in the intro i showed you guys the picture beforehand i've got the picture i'm gonna have to throw this up on the facebook page and on twitter um spider and disney we're talking spider s-p-y-d-e-r and disney bring marvel superhero inspired style to the u.s ski team um all right where we start oh organic collaborations wait let me get there uh this came out this press release came uh from boulder colorado on february 9th of this year uh so on thursday uh that would be yesterday at the time of of this record that we record this yes spider a leading ski and performance brand today announced a two-year collaboration with disney consumer products and interactive media for all action-packed line of ski performance products inspired by iconic Marvel superheroes. At the FIS Alpine World Cup Championship in St. Moritz, the U.S. ski team members will be outfitted in race suits donning Marvel's Captain America and Captain Marvel, two iconic superheroes that embody the strength and amazing abilities demonstrated by both elite athletes and Marvel superheroes. U.S. ski team athletes who will be wearing the race suits include World Cup skier Jared Goldberg, four-time Olympic medalist Julia Mancuso, and Olympic gold medalist Michaela Sheffern. Uh, we're thrilled to be working with Marvel and bringing their superheroes to life 
life with the U.S. ski team and beyond, said Brady Collins, VP of Marketing of Spider and Global at Global Brands Group Holding Limited. Uh, given Marvel's inspiration, inspirational impact around the world, we have an extraordinary opportunity to celebrate the U.S. ski team as well as our ambassadors in a broad-reaching way in St. Moritz. Uh, the collaboration consists of performance race suits, ski wear, and ski wear that will be worn by the men and women in the U.S. ski team who will premiere who will premiere the line at the Alpine World Championship um, in St. Moritz, St. Moritz, Switzerland, on February sixth through the nineteenth. Uh, the full it's going uh, on now. Then correct. The full apparel performance collection is set to make its retail retail debut in fall of twenty seventeen. So, um, so yeah, if, if I, I think these, that's actually cool. If this this illustration that you showed us is an accurate representation of what they're actually going to be wearing. I like it. Yes. I. You know what would really make it cool for me? What? Is if they went beyond just cap and cap. Right. If they did, like, if you had like a Spider-Man, a, an Iron Man. I wouldn't say Thor because I think you should save that for the Norwegian team. Right. But, right. But I mean, it would be, it would be cool. Now, I get why they're doing the Captain America one. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if you're going to do, if you're going to stick to Captain America, do the very incarnations of his outfit. Yes. Well, well, who's to say that you know this is just a start? <laughs> yeah. That it won't that it won't change. That it could change later down. The, you know, maybe for the Olympics it might be something else, or or the next season it might be something else. You know, I would love to see or a shield. There you yeah. go. There you go. Since it's Spider, how about Spider Man? Spider Man. Well, you could you could do one At, the traditional red and blue. Yeah. You could do one the black suit, which will yeah. cover Venom as well. Mm-hmm. You do like the Scarlet Spider one. You could do like the uh, uh, well, Spider got, Gwen. Spider Gwen for the spider ladies. Woman. Spider Woman for the ladies. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's this is a two year deal. So so this year and next year, mm-hmm. and the Olympics are next year. Winter Olympics. There you go. So could you imagine, uh, dude? I would just love to see all the various Captain America variants. Did I just say yeah. various variants? You all did. the different America costumes. You know, like you go with like the original. The the you do with like the the cinema, some of the cinematic use verse versions, right? Oh, like the do the suit. U.S. agent one. Oh, and the stealth suit. Yeah, the stealth suit from Winter Soldier. Yes, the one he's wearing at the beginning of it. I would love to see that. Well, here, here's the cool, here's the cool one. Um, I'm looking on Spider's site right now, and of course they've got the press release up there. Oh. Well, here, here's one of their performance suits that they're using or had used, and I can see where okay, pursuing oh. and going to the Captain America is not that far off. No, no it's, it's not. not. It, no. It, you know what this suit looks like to me? And why you really need look- to put this on the on the page and, and link it when the show Why notes. does it look so familiar, dude? What is that? No, you know what this looks like? What? This looks like what you would get if you got Peter Parker to become the next Captain America. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, think about that. Because it looks kind of like it's got a you know, there's a, there's a stripe on the rib areas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and, it, and there's a, there's a pattern inside that stripe that could could very be close to webbing. Yeah, well, I right. could have sworn when Spider first came out on the market. I remember one Olympics. The legs looked almost like Spider Man, a, a Spider Man costume. They did. I mean, way this, back when. No, no. I'm looking at the back view. And if you look at the back of the legs, this is that's exactly what this is. This is webbing. Yeah. What we are looking at the World Cup downhill race suit. A thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine this shelling out? Ill. One G for a set of long johns. Uh, Aero 
aerodynamic long johns, to be precise. Yeah. Well, you get the idea. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's this is totally, totally the Spider-Man is Captain America look. Yeah. Yep. So it's not that big a stretch. I would love to see Spider-Man stuff. And of course, I would Spider- love to see other stuff, uh, other character stuff. You know, and I, I want to say, I think Spider also does the suits for, for like the sled teams. Right. Or they have. Could you imagine, like, the U.S. team wearing mm-hmm. Iron Man or War Machine? Iron Patriot. Oh, no, Iron, Iron, Patriot. Iron Patriot. Iron Patriot. There, there is your answer right there, ladies and gentlemen. Or Falcon. Mm. Now, see, that's where you do the Sam Wilson Captain America. Yeah. Outfit. Oh. Yeah. Or or the Winter Soldier cap outfit. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, that, oh, there's so much. Spider, if you're paying attention, we're giving you so many options. Yes. So. So, um, so yeah, we go from there straight to other birds since we talked about falcons. <laughs> and, and we've talked about to another. Yeah. Iron Patriots. <laughs> okay, so I got I to gotta do an informal poll here. Who were you rooting for, guys? I was rooting for the Dirty Birds. I was rooting for the Dirty Birds. I have a soft spot for the underdog, and the Dirty Birds were the underdogs. And, you know, there are some teams that just seem to never get over the no, and you feel ba- you feel for them because they have success during the regular season. You have success in the playoffs, like the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. They kept getting there, getting there, getting there, but they never took it home. And I and I would hate to see the Falcons be the next version of that. Right. See, see that that reminds me of one of my favorite uh, Johnny Carson Karnak predictions. <laughs> Here the the Minnesota Vikings, the Buffalo Bills, and three-week-old salad. Name three things that stink in a bowl. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, I tell you who was the big winners in the uh, in the Super Bowl. That was the movies. The movie yeah. trailers that got to see during the Super Bowl. And I'm going to read verbatim what, uh, what showed up on director J- Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn. His, this was on his Facebook feed. He posted it uh, Monday around lunchtime. He said, Again, I'm posting a lot today already, and I've only been awake for two hours. <laughs> That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, to give you guys a behind-the-scenes look at the marketing side of things, this just came through. It's pretty incredible. So thanks to all you guys who chatted us up yesterday. It helps. Now, what he has shared to his Facebook stream is a graphic from Comscore, and it is the most talked-about movies for Super Bowl 51. Now, this uh, this chart uh, it says here represents the amount of conversation measured through Comscore's uh, tracking service. Uh, this chart measures the impact of trailers that debuted during Super Bowl 51 and the Fox Super Bowl pregame, excluding films within three weeks of release. Okay, the top five movies that uh, that were talked about. Number five, Logan, uh, 27 days to before release, aired in the second quarter, 10,200 game time conversations. Not bad, would wow. you say? No, no. not bad. Still, okay. uh, number four, you got Fate of the Furious. Uh, it aired in the second quarter, it got 16,300 game time conversations. Transformers The Last Night also aired in the second quarter, 19,700. Pirates of the Caribbean, the new one. Uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales, I think that's, isn't that it? Yes. That's the subtitle? Yeah, yes. yeah. Alright, alright, alright. Aired in the second quarter, 25,200 game time conversations. You notice I haven't mentioned one yet? Mm-hmm. Something that we probably should be talking about on this particular show? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. <laughs> 
aired in the pregame, not during the game, the pregame. It aired like right, right after it went to. If I remember right, watching it, it aired. Did it air during that transition? It may from, have. from the six. Six twenty nine to six thirty mark. Because six thirty is when the actual bowl coverage it was considered bowl coverage, and I thought it was in the first set of commercials for that before it, kickoff. It said pregame. That's what that's what this chart is saying. Game it was time before conversations. Kickoff, yeah. Game time conversation. Let me just recap: ten thousand two hundred, sixteen thousand three hundred, nineteen thousand seven hundred, and twenty five thousand two hundred. You see, it's building up, impressive, but just in, in not too big a jumps. Forty seven thousand eight hundred. Yeah. What? Yeah. All Almost twice as much as the next most talked about movie. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Sony surprised me. I thought they were going to put out the Spider-Man. I did too. And they ended up going with life. You think they're rethinking that decision now? Probably. I would be. But lo- looking at the three of these that said um, pregame, all this was right. That was that first set of commercial breaks right before kickoff. Because mm-hmm. I don't think kickoff, because there was that half hour from when it became Super Bowl that they still, before actual, during that time of the national anthem and all that, it was right at that transition. So I guess right. it was the final set of commercials for the pregame show. Right. It may have been, but you know what? Those other two that aired during the quote unquote pregame, they had, they didn't have, but about as much as Logan, if you combine the two. Yeah. One had 5,600, the other had 5,000. That's it. Yeah. 47,800. Yeah. Insane. You think, Absolutely you insane. You think that's not, you think there's not some in- excitement and anticipation building up for this? Maybe just a little bit. And I'm telling you, I, I watched those trailers for the first time before we started recording tonight. The one that has the Fleetwood Mac song in the background may very well be one of my favorite trailers ever. All we gotta say now is Fleetwood Mac is on the soundtrack. I will, I will tell you. I remember seeing the trailer mm-hmm. on um, for Guardians. Then almost as soon as it ended, I got immediately the press release about the trailer, where you could go see the extended trailer. And then as soon as I saw that, I went to Facebook, and right there, top of my timeline was James Gunn going ballistic in excitement, <laughs> talking about what we just saw with the trailer. Yes. Talking about a director who is full heart into this is amazing. Yes. And we're talking about the same guy who did Sco- both Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you look back before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, again, and we have said this before on the show, you didn't know who these people were. No, you, you didn't. You didn't know who these characters were at all. Mm-mm. Unless you were so very well-versed in the comic book universe that, yes, you knew who Gamora was. You knew who Drax was. You knew right. who Star-Lord was. I really didn't know yeah. who Star-Lord was, you, you you really had to be deep in the cosmic yeah. side of the Marvel Universe. If you're going to try using like a music analogy, which I guess is appropriate, these were deep cuts. Yes. These were not greatest hits material. These mm-hmm. were stuff that was buried on side two. The, these wouldn't even make a B-side of a single. I, yeah. b- back in the 90s, I mean, back, back in the late 80s, early 90s, I was hitting the comic shops pretty hard. I They were nowhere on my radar at all. I was going to independent books before even, and I'd never even heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, I knew who Guardians of the Galaxy were. I used to collect the the title, but it was a completely different lineup. Right. I mean, you had, it, it was set in the 31st century. Yondu was a member. 
Yeah. And and he was like the Hawkeye of the group. He was very tech resistant. Mm-hmm. You had completely different lineup on that, completely different storyline. These were all thrown together as supporting cast mm-hmm. members, just recurring characters, minor characters in everybody else's stuff. Yeah. Rocket yeah. was created as a joke for a Hulk issue. Joke's on you. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the freaking Guardians of the Galaxy. Only he didn't use the word freaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, and and, and the Logan one, the Logan one did not get near as many discussions, but I still think that's that's going to be, that may very easily be my favorite non-MCU Marvel movie. Well, you know, we're finally, I, I, I've heard, and I've heard this from people who I guess you would consider casual comic book movie fans. Yeah. And, 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 and some who may be a little bit above the average bar yeah. as far as fandom for Wolverine. Yeah. And the, the consensus seems the consensus seems to be that we're finally getting the mar- getting the Wolverine movie that we deserve. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's the yeah. Wolverine movie we should have we should have had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because really, Wolverine again. Wolverine was one of those characters that was created almost as a joke mm-hmm. for a Hulk comic. Yeah, what is it about Hulk comics that brings out these characters that at the time nobody thinks much of, but mm-hmm. wind up having you know this bizarre life of their own after. I don't know. It's, uh, but yeah, but then again, back in the 70s, Hulk was the dude, so to speak. So, I don't know. I mean, but, you know, back then Wolverine had whiskers, too. Yeah, that's true, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And Punisher had go-go boots. It was a crazy time. True. Yeah, there's just so many things that that you really can't explain about the 70s to to, no. to people that did not live through it. No. <laughs> kind of like, yes, yes, son, people did wear bell bottoms. Yeah, on purpose. On purpose. Yes, Paul McCartney was in a band before the Beatles or before <laughs> Wings. I was about to say. <laughs> I blew that one. Uh, wah, 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 wah. But wah, no, I, I like it. I like it. It does have it. it has has the grit that you would hope to see in a Wolverine movie. Mm. It is not cheesy. No. I mean, you look at these trailers, there's not a hint of cheese. No. And that's one, one thing I liked about the very first X-Men movie. It really didn't have a lot of cheese to it. No. It tried to be as grounded in reality as the first Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. This, you don't see anybody juggling battle tanks. You don't see, you know, giant ray blasts projectors. This, this is Wolverine as he is meant to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think we got I, I think just from the Marvel aspect we got a lot of good Man. trailer action during the Super Bowl we really did oh, yeah. yeah really really did so even if the team we were rooting for didn't win <laughs> team Marvel won big oh yes they did <laughs> yes they did without question or, or, or questionable calls and, just and like and like uh, shield director Jeffrey May says a team that trusts is a team that triumphs yeah <laughs> God love that man <laughs> and and we're seeing more of him in agents of shield aren't we we are, we are. Uh, i i called it guys i called it before the season began when we first found out who this guy was mm-hmm. i said he's gonna show up in a super suit you did and and he has and he likes it he, he full-on embraces 
it. I just wish they would give him a shield of some type. I see. Now that's where I kind of I, I kind of fell short because I said he would have some variant of the Captain America uniform, right, with a shield. Mm-hmm. I and he's that's... he's got an outfit. I like the outfit, right? And it's you could argue it's a variation, but it's not. No, it's uh eh, inspired by, as it were. <laughs> you know, I guess that's what we can call it. Lovingly ripped off from. <laughs> yeah. Something along the lines of. Uh, but yeah, so um, this is episode number 13 of season four. Uh, and it's called Boom for a reason. Um, so, uh, so you know, we uh, they, they, they hit the ground running on this one and they don't stop. They really don't. Uh, you get to see a highly driven Coulson. Uh, you get to see a highly driven uh, director Mace. Actually, everyone kind of everyone has their own mission, as it were. And so you know, we we let's let's kind of just take it back to Washington D.C., uh, where you see uh, Senator Nadir uh, with her staff um, preparing to go after the Inhumans again, and and then you see um, sort of like going on concurrently. You will see uh, Ivanov and uh, his little band of watchdogs. Um, Toying with some uh, Terragon, Terragon crystals, Terragon, yeah. Terragon, Terragon, Terragon yeah. crystals. Um, so then, all of a sudden, uh, there is a knock at Nadir's door, and and I can't think of the guy's name, but uh, it's uh, one of the watchdogs. Oh, shows it was Shockley. Up. Shockley, yeah. Shockley. So he shows up. Now here's the thing, and I and I can't believe because Nadir is a smart woman, and I don't understand why she didn't put this together beforehand. But Shockley is kind of hinting at that the same blood that her brother has, and her brother was an inhuman, is the same blood that she carries in her, and maybe she's inhuman. And then she's acting all outraged because somebody is accusing her of this when it's not true. And so she's more or less like, you know, forget you, you're crazy. And anyway, he activates the crystals. Next thing you know, uh, Shockley's all wrapped up in, you know, a husk. And then there's a huge explosion. Yeah. You know? You're right. I think she is. She should have seen it. She, I mean, yeah. It's like, oh, my brother is an inhuman. My yeah. brother and I have the same genetic code. Duh. I mean, it's kind of like one of these things just doesn't belong here. It's it's just kind of one of those leaps in logic that it's not the hard part. The suspension of, of disbelief does not come in with this could happen. The suspension Mm-mm, of no. disbelief is, is needed for the why didn't she think of this before? Or maybe right. she did think of it before. And she knows it, but it's kind of like the the Shakespeare. Me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Maybe I, I just I was like, well, it's politics, dude. Standard yeah, it, operating procedure. It it, it could really be is. obvious. It could be undeniable. That doesn't mean you're not going to deny it. And it's yeah. I, I'm I'm just sitting there and I'm watching this. I'm like, and she's actually shocked. She's visually shocked by this. And I'm like, how can you not be? How can you be shocked when it just seemed like the next not logical? step, you know, but you know, we end up with an explosion and the deer is no more and I I have to admit I'm I'm, I'm a little frustrated by it because I would like to see her do her time I do not miss her in the least Oh, I'll miss her, you know, probably tomorrow morning, I'd be glad they did because that makes room for more RMDs or something, I don't know but, um, but so she's just, she, 
she really was a reprehensible character. Um, Which you need as a villain, yes. You do. And, you know, and I think the thing was to have that character as Congresswoman, as it were. Um, it, you know, and, and, and for her to so seamlessly, I don't know, I guess, know how to play the game. And yeah. You just, you, and it just... I don't know. Maybe, maybe it just felt a little too real. Well, all right. First of all, I, first of all, I hate politics. Yes. Second of all, oh, yeah. I hate politicians. <laughs> so I'm automatically going to boo and hiss Senator Nadir just because right. she's a politician. Right. And but she can bend it like Beckham. Also- <laughs> 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 oh, I, I hope we get through that without you pointing that out. But yeah, you're right. She does bend it like Beckham. All right. All right. Anyway. Well, we'll send her to the ER then. Oh. <laughs> But see, the thing is, guys, more than that, I'm sick and tired of the enemy within stores. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, You know, when you had Hydra infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. and coming out of the shadows, that was good. The witch S.H.I.E.L.D. is the real S.H.I.E.L.D.? Mm-hmm. That got old quick. Oh, yeah. And just any time you have, you know, we're all supposed to be on the same team. Oh, wait, we're not. You know, I just, I, I don't have the attention span for it anymore. Right. It's kind of like, come on, guys, you can do better than this. You can you can work your creative juices and come up with something better than oh the 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 government is the enemy right so I'm not gonna miss her I, I am curious as to how or even if they're gonna resolve the uh, the loose thread of the brother because when we last saw the brother he was in a husk right but here's another theory and I know I've seen it I've seen it around but I think I think these theories are th- are true I think we have seen the birth of Nitro, the character mm. from the comics that pretty much precipitated the whole Civil War storyline. Character that uh, he fought the Defenders, he fought, he fought the uh, he, he fought the Avengers, he fought uh, Captain Marvel. He was supposedly the one that killed Captain Marvel. Uh, his ability, for those of you who don't know, uh, in the comics, he, his last his name is not Shockley. His name is Robert Hunter, and he had a genetic alteration done to him uh, by somebody in the Kree. So there's there's another tie-in. The cinematic universe. You know, you have the Cree angle. Maybe he went to Tahiti. I don't know. But he's got the ability to explode and then reform himself at will. Right? Now, and, and, and Kyle, I'm going to jump ahead to where they're fighting Shockley. Right. And, uh, and, and Sky slash Daisy slash Quake basically figures out, you know, the frequency to cause him to prematurely detonate. Mm-hmm. And just basically just tires him out. Because, you know, when you explode, it takes a lot of energy to pull yourself back together. Right. So, alright. In the it- Wikipedia entry for Nitro. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Iron Man, Volume 3, Number 15, he was hired to kill Tony Stark. A fight occurred between Nitro and Iron Man. Iron Man, whose sensors and communications gear had recently been upgraded, noticed that every time he exploded, a high-frequency pulse was emitted by his body. Iron Man duplicated the pulse, causing Nitro to explode. After he exploded several times in a minute, he passed out from exhaustion. And at which point, Iron Man handed him over to S.H.I.E.L.D. Does that sound vaguely familiar to you? Yeah. So I mean, this is not a this is not a very far out on a limb theory. I mean, this is a theory that a lot of people around the the internet is, are having. But I think they're right. I think this is the birth of Nitro for the MCU. It's been a while since we've had something like that. I mean, we had we had Blizzard, we had Graviton, we've seen the Absorbing Man. I'm I'm glad that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. It's uh we know it's it's good that uh, uh you know that it's to see in that that fight that that one fight you kind of get to see 
that awesome mix of superpowers and super science and how the two go together to, I guess you say, defeat Shockley. Um, and it, it's cool that we see, I, I, I don't know, this, I, at first, you know, at first I, I was thinking, okay, uh, it's with, especially with the whole Inhumans thing, I'm like, okay, we, we, we got Inhumans because we can't use mutants. And then they almost went too far with the whole Inhuman thing and I was almost over it. But they're finding interesting ways of still incorporating that. And I, I like the, like what they did with Shockley. I didn't see that coming. No. You know? That was a nice twist on the, hey, I'm going to out you as an Inhuman. Oh, wait, I outed myself. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, and the whole, like, well, yeah, you know, things go wrong when people come out of the husk. And I figured that was him. Boom. He's done. <laughs> nope. No. I'm not dead. I'm feeling better. I don't <laughs> want to go on the car. Except he has the same problem that Bruce Banner has now. Well, you know, the whole no clothes thing. Well, you know, I think that would be among the least of his worries. Yeah. yeah. Apparently he's completely fine with that part of it. You know, you can always get more clothes. <laughs> but you can only detonate yourself. Most uh, people can only detonate themselves once. That's true. He can do it, you know, he keeps going and going and going until, until he gets worn out. And so, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if we were going to see Mace, especially the fight on the plane, because there were some over there were some there were some foreshadowing going on at the beginning when uh, Mace was talking to uh, Colson, and Colson was talking about how he he had to learn how to had to learn his place on the team when he's fighting with gods and and and, and, and superhumans. And he asked, "Well, what now? What did you do?" He said, "I just learned to uh, to protect the team the best way I can, and just try not to get an Asgardian spear in your chest." And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, mm. and then you find out the whole issue with him not being able to take the injections anymore. And I'm like, all right, somebody's not going to finish this entire episode. But you're I was wrong. About, you're talking about Mace and his injections. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that is something that we see time and time again in the comics, but most specifically with Thor right now, the Jane Foster Thor. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, using the powers, pretty much killing her. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and you know, they kind of did that. They kind of did that with Steve Rogers to a certain degree, but then they retconned it so that his body now naturally. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember that that time when they they had to filter out the super soldier serum because he had like you know he almost OD'd on a drug or something. Yes. Yeah. That was the only way to save yeah. his life. So he was like, he was like in, in he retained the mask. You know, he, he still had his body. He just no longer had the super soldier serum going through him. But, was that when he had the armor? I can't remember for sure. It, that was a time when I really just wasn't I, I wasn't ke- wasn't collecting a whole lot of of uh, Captain America. Mm-hmm. I remember that he fought Crossbones like right afterwards, right, and managed to take him out. Well, because they they did that with him, and then not long ago, I don't know if it was about the same time, but somebody captured Nick Fury and they tried to uh, siphon the uh, Infinity serum out of him but then they found out that his body had uh no had ingested so much of it that it was producing it producing it naturally yeah. for him too and i'm like okay now, you know, now, here's a thought about that we don't really know much about the the mcu version of nick fury do we no uh although uh there is a young nick fury series that's starting soon i'm looking forward to that one that's gonna be on the pull list yeah yeah but i'm uh, just wondering i'm just wondering how old is the mcu 
MCU Nick Fury? And is there some Infinity Formula at work that we don't know about yet? Uh, you, you know, okay. And then uh, that's not to say that the Nick Fury that we see now, uh, okay, true, he's inspired by Ultimate Nick Fury. Yes. But like, in, but in the Ultimate Universe, it was never, he was really, he was really secretive about his past. Mm-hmm. So he, he never let on about exactly how old he was. The only thing he knew for sure was that he served in Desert Storm. Um, and nothing was ever said about an Infinity Formula, but that didn't mean that one didn't exist. Yeah. Right. So, you and, know? And, and that's something we just, that's something that I never thought of until just now. Yeah, he's and like, the, he, no, go ahead. The reason the reason that we didn't think about it is because the the mainstream, the 616 Nick Fury, mm-hmm. is, but we knew that he was because he fought in World War II. Right. And that, and the Infinity Formula was such a vital part of, of his storyline being here. So they haven't played that up, so it makes me no. wonder. I say it makes me wonder too, and I, you know, um, I, I will be, uh, I'll be first in line when the, once that series starts up because I, you know, that I have, I'm like you, I have all those questions. Like, is there an Infinity Formula, you no, know, for him, or you know, has he, you know, exactly how close is this Nick to the the Nick that we knew, mm-hmm. so to speak? Okay, and we, I know that one is the son of, you know, that that this Nick, this Nick Fury is the son of six one six Nick, but still, you know, things happen in cycles. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. not only have there been issues within Shield, Kevin Feige tells us there's a villain problem in the MCU, and Kevin Feige gets the thank you, Captain Obvious sticker of the week. <laughs> so, in other words, you're saying, I mean, you're saying, duh. Well, kind of. Now, yeah. granted, there are some standouts in there. You know, most no- most notably Loki. And, oh, dear God, who, think about that for a minute. If you're the casting director uh-huh. and you say, it's like, oh, well, look, here's this Tom Hiddleston guy. He might make a good Loki. Whoever came up with that idea, they're not making enough money in salary. No, I'm just they're saying. not. They're not. Oh, no. well, now, visit D'Onofrio as Kingpin in the Daredevil. That was series. genius. That was genius. I would have not. I would not have picked him because you know, well, really, that that character would be hard to cast no matter who, simply because you can't find someone with that mass, as in the comics. No. I mean, he's kind of like a sumo wrestler, only less in shape. Right. right. Well, actually, he's in, he's in good shape for his bulk. Right. Right. But, uh, well, well here, here's the thing. After years of criticism, Marvel Studios president, Kevin Feige, uh, has finally spoke out on the issue to... Um, Defending, I guess, Marvel's reasoning behind their decisions. Uh, quote from Feige. It always starts with what serves the story the most and what serves the hero the most. A big criticism of ours is we, is that we focus on the heroes more than the villains. I think that's probably true. I will quote, yep. I will, I will give you two movies where I think the opposite is true. And it was, and I'm thinking probably, you're probably thinking of one I'm thinking of too. Go ahead. Thor and Thor the Dark World. How how many people have, have you heard call it Loki and Loki 2? Okay, that's so totally not what I was thinking. That's not but what I was thinking. I was thinking outside the MCU. I was thinking the very first Tim Burton Batman. Right. Right. Well, no, I'm I mean, talking based on what he's saying. The criticism that they're having is more focused on the heroes than the 
villains. Right, right. Well, Loki and Loki 2 is more focused on Loki, not Thor. I'm giving you examples of where the opposite gets her, and so are you. Uh, yes, Loki, yeah, yeah, Loki got more development than Thor. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I'm talking, and they're they're not the only ones that have that issues at times. Right. There is a balance. There is a balance. But... When you think about it, yes, where Thor, the first Thor movie, gets so much treatment for for Loki, you pay, you get paid off on that. It pays off in dividends with the mm-hmm. Avengers, it does. right? Because you know Loki, you you're familiar with Loki, and that way you don't have to spend as much time developing Loki. You can focus more on the heroes that are. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's a known quantity now. Let's get to know these others, right? But the problem is they don't, they haven't done it with other franchises as much. Well, this story comes from uh, comicbook.com. And right. actually, we got it through MCU Exchange, not courtesy of MCUExchange.com. Uh, but it was Megan Peters who wrote the story. And, uh, she continued, you know, she, she went through, um, you know, I mentioned that Feige went through a slew of MCU baddies, pointing out that each villain was used to serve a Marvel hero rather than their own needs. Ronan's great. Lee Pace, uh, this is, um, a Feige quote. Um, Ronan's great. Lee Pace did an amazing, did an awesome job. Absolutely serves it. Yeah. And and certainly was there to go up against our heroes to give our heroes a reason for coming together. Come together. Sorry. <laughs> um, Loki, a great character, serves in a lot of ways his brother Thor. Zemo served that conflict between Cap and Iron Man in Civil War. Uh, Taserface and Aisha are less grandiose in their ambitions than Ronan was, for instance. <laughs> Aisha just wants to kill them for sliding her, and Taserface wants to lead the Ravengers and thinks that Ronan got soft. That Yondu got soft. Or Yondu got soft. Thank you. Tony, I'm Can still... Can you imagine Ronan leading the Ravengers? <laughs> um, That's almost scary. And of course, you know, Feige drew back the conversation scope all the way back to 2008. Um... The, you know, when he compared the MCU start with Iron Man to DC's Dark Knight. Okay. Um, Feige acknowledged there was more difference between the two. There was a major difference between the two projects. Uh, his quote again. In 2008, two superhero movies came out. One focused on the villain, one focused on the hero. We at Marvel looked at, at them like, yeah, we focused on the heroes. We don't mind that. We like that. Please don't start a flame war. Nobody wants that. We don't do that. But then again, but again, it it really always is what serves the story. So you know, yes, some of the villains could use some more develop. I understand that. I agree with that. But are you going to see the villain? Or are you going to see the hero? The, going to see the, the Doctor wizard. Strange movie was not titled Cassilius. No, it was not titled Baron Mordo. Now there's you as somebody, a villain that has gotten developed, <laughs> and they are setting. They are so setting that up for the sequel. Yeah, they are. So yeah, Cassilius, he was good. But yes, I understand where he's coming from too is like you have to make a conscious decision you cannot really do have it both ways you need to focus on one or the other and quite frankly you've got to you've got to make that decision i think that by and large focusing on the hero is the right answer right because you're not going to have a villain sequel you have hero seats. Right, but Marvel did have a villain sequel, but as we already talked about, only because just the popularity of the character overshadowed the hero. Well, yeah, and that will that will occasionally happen. And they had the foresight to say, okay, well, let's roll with this. Yeah, so well, before we move on to the rumor of the day, I, I just want to point this out. On iTunes, geeking out with good friends. 
a five-star review by Julie456. This podcast is such fun. Feels like I'm just geeking out with good friends. Who are they talking about? Must be talking about us, the Intrepid Trio. Oh, well, good deal. Well, so, we consider Julie a good friend, too. A yes, good we do. geek friend. A Thank gr- you, Julie. A great geek friend. Mike will be sending that $20 check in the mail come Monday. <laughs> well, speaking of checks and mail and all that, we're... We're looking at starting, well, this is a, a crossover project between Weeby Geeks, Wookiee Radio, and Mighty Marvel Geeks. How about a 3,000 milliamp hour backup battery or power bank or whatever you want to call it with either the Weeby Geeks, Wookiee Radio, or Mighty Marvel Geeks logo wrapped all the way around it? And then if we hit certain stretch goals, get a carabiner to add to it will be the first stretch goal. That way you could just clip it onto your backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, next stretch goal will be a nice upgrade to the charge cable that will have both the lightning and micro USB adapter on it. And then the third stretch goal will be a nice magnetic case with whatever logo, with matching logo to the power bank backup battery you choose. Sweet. So that is coming soon, very soon. (laughs) So how about that rumor of the day? Kylan. Well, no, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I want the, I, I want more, I want Mighty Marvel Geek swag. I love Mighty Marvel Geek swag. And so I want to, uh, get the, are, are, are we still talking about the, um, the are power we still talking about the, yeah. No, we're moving on to the rumor of the day. Oh, the rumor of the day, man. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. But, but since you're saying swag, check out tpublic4.com forward slash, uh, was it WB? BG Mike, and you could get Mighty Marvel Geeks t-shirts. I have a Mighty Marvel's t-shirt. I have a Mighty Marvel Mighty Marvel Geeks t-shirt. I'm bad. I don't yet. <laughs> it's coming. You? I, I got complimented on my Mighty Marvel Geeks t-shirt when I went to Jay and Silent Bob. Well, there you go. Ah. So they've heard of us, sort of. Uh, but <laughs> I, guys, okay, we got this rumor, and, and I, 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 I wasn't sure exactly because uh, I read something about this earlier in the week, so I wasn't sure if it was just an opinion piece. But, uh, but here it is. Um, so there's talk that everything that is old is going to be new again in the Marvel Universe, so to speak. Uh, the short story is supposedly Marvel is going to be bringing back more of a status quo for the heavy hitters like Thor and Iron Man and Hulk, and uh, I guess you can throw Cap in there. Um, so, so you know, we're going to start, because you know, right now, you know, we, we, have, uh, we have a genius African-American female teenage girl in the arm, in the Iron Man's armor. We have the girlfriend of the God of Thunder that we know as Thor as Thor right now. And we have Jennifer Walker's, Walters. Jennifer Walters as Hulk. No longer She-Hulk. She is Hulk. Um, right. right. And so, um, and you know, so in the past year or so, uh, there's been some changes uh, that have been either highly contested and maybe it actually happened, maybe it didn't. Uh, that's all I'm going to say we're talking about a certain character who turned 75 last year uh, and I have certain I have certain feelings about that storyline hey you know. hashtag we got snickers <laughs> Exactly. 
And uh, and I like. I have no problem with Sam Wilson as Captain America. I have no problem with. Uh, but you know, um, so uh, uh, for for the most part, the Marvel universe that a lot of us grew up with looks very different right now. Mm-hmm. And and to a certain degree, the 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 way the stories are being told um, have a somewhat political bend, uh, more so than in, not not that Marvel ever shied away from making social commentary. It, it never has, but there there seems to be more of a seems to be a, a larger uh, presence of that in Marvel universe than more. Okay, so just having said that, uh, it looks like that Marvel is looks like that pendulum is going to swing back to focus more on good versus evil and uh, to, to bring back uh, bring a, a slightly more familiar look and feel to the Marvel universe, as it were. So that's the rumor of the week, and I I, I struggled. I almost when when I got when I saw this story, I like I said I saw it um, from another site. I almost put it on the um, drive, but I wasn't sure exactly if we would even discuss this. But I have to admit, Mike, you hats off to you for throwing it up there. And and we've all kind of talked about this because one of my favorite books uh, last year was kind of heavy in that on that in, in that bin, so to speak, and it didn't last. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I think honestly, I think heavily political stuff is falling out of favor with comic book fans. And that's mainly because we're so oversaturated with it outside of comics. We we really are now. It's uh unfortunately we're so oversaturated with it on Facebook, on Twitter. Well, you know, it's we're, it's every we're, it's we're everywhere using, now. We're using comics like comic books like the movies. We're trying to escape reality. We don't right. want that reality in our in our escape at this time. Now, yeah. you know, there was one, it's, it's one thing when it was I don't know, the 80s, the 90s and, yeah. you know, you can make a little commentary here and there, or if something's going on in society, and, you know, and Marvel wants to reflect the world as we know it. I get that. Right. But, you know, but Every now and then it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, when it was but being, when it was being shoved down our throats month after month after month, and, yeah. and we're having creators speculate for to six months out what that statement's going to be or we get the statement they want three or four months after it happened right i don't almost yeah. want to say horse is dead right yeah see the way that comics have to be done i don't know that they're a good bar- real-time barometer of current events mm, no and not, really not, not, no. I, I don't think they should be either no no you want to make broad commentary every once in a while that's fine right but just remember we're using comics to escape like has just been said mm-hmm. we get that you want to be a political speech writer don't use it don't use the comics to write your stump speeches right right i don't care if you worship at the altar of the donkey or worship at the altar of the elephant i don't care who you voted for in the last election i don't care if you wanted to make america great again if you were with her or if you're one of those people who are still feeling the burn it doesn't matter I, I'm, st- I'm still feeling the burn but i went to the gym today well thank you uh, okay. no, that's good <laughs> <laughs> you see where i'm going though guys i mean right, no i 
I some get it. commentary, it's to be expected. Right. I think some commentary is a good thing. Right. Right. Because you you don't want to go too far away from it. No. You want to keep it some measure relatable. Right. But there is a balance. Right. Right. And I, honestly, I think, honestly, I think that balance has been upset. And of course, there are some other things that have kind of upset the balance. Because I, let's let's face it, Marvel is not selling as well as it has in the past. No. This is true. You can blame some of it on DC's rebirth. You can blame some of it on just uh, too many titles. Yeah, that, and you don't have titles that last for very long. No, you don't. It's like the current uh, mindset at Marvel is let's throw everything we can at the wall and see if anything sticks. Right. Yeah. So and you kind of had a you had a Rocket Raccoon miniseries like five issues or so, mm-hmm. and now there's another Rocket series starting. Right. If if you're gonna have that many rockets, why didn't you just keep that other series going? Exactly. Now, well, in some projects like the Disney Kingdoms, that's understandable. I get that. Well, even with the Star Wars stuff, the the five issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, I get that. Yeah. If, if you take the story, but if you're like saying, okay, well, we're going to do five issues of Han Solo, and then we're going to have five issues of Lando Calrissian, five issues of Wicked the Ewok, or you're keeping a Star Wars title there, right? But you're highlighting on different things. That's fine, right? But really, what you're doing, and and I will give Marvel all the kudos in the world mm. by trying to inject some freshness into it right like what they've done with thor i was not i was not happy the way they broke the news right i was not the way the way i'm not a fan of the way they handled it mm-hmm. but i like the new thor character right. i like the jane foster thor right okay riri williams as ironheart i like the character mm-hmm. dr doom taking over the mantle of iron man not that big a fan no was also not very big of a fan of dr octopus taking on the role of spider-man no no you know the superior spider-man it's like if you want to do this and bring in a new character, especially if when you're going to do like diversity with the the more diversified, like totally awesome Hulk, Riri mm-hmm. Williams, uh, so on and so forth. That's good, right? And then you can bring them out as their own character later, right? But sooner or later, and we knew this, we knew this. Tony Stark is Iron Man. Yeah. Steve Rogers is Captain America. Yeah. No, he's going to get the shield back eventually somehow. You know, Peter Parker is Spider Man. It's just like yep. they are who they are. Right. 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 Yes. The mantle can pass to other people from time to time, but for the good of continuity, it has to come back to the original. It does. Yeah. Same with we saw that over at the distinguished competition. You had mm-hmm. uh, other people be Batman, other mm-hmm. people be uh, Superman, other mm-hmm. people be Green Lantern. Right. Always come back. Right. To yep. Clark Kent, to Bruce Wayne, to Hal Jordan. Yeah. Always. Well, speaking of coming back, unfortunately, I got to do it this way. That's the picks of the week. Um, it's getting to that time. <laughs> We've had a great show, great discussion. We will tangent on you. Oh, but this was a good tangent. This was a great show for that. Mm. Um, so let's get into the picks of the week. Um, I will say I do have some comic press releases that came from Marvel uh, with Secret Empire with Luke Cage, number one, and Star Wars The Screaming Citadel, which is the next five-issue crossover. And I will get those up on the website, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. 
Yes. MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Which you can we reach. We have a new home on uh, the interwest. In which you can reach Eric Kylan or myself at Eric or Kylan or Mike individually at MightyMarvelGeeks.net is our emails. Um, but I will get these up there and on our Facebook page as well, uh, which is Facebook.com forward slash MightyMarvelGeeks. So I'll tell you what. I'll go first since I've also got the unlimited pick. We'll try and make this as smooth as possible. Um, my first pick of the week is actually a trade paperback. It's Deadpool and the Mercs for Money Volume 1. Mo Mercs, Mo Monkey. What? Now, I, I kinda, Mo Mercs, Mo Monkey. Mo Mercs, Mo Monkey. I'm thinking that's show title right there. That, uh, there you go. Um... Mo Mercs, Mo Monkey is the name of the trade paperback. Deadpool is one of the best mercenaries on the planet. He may even be a passable Avenger. The jury's still art, still, still art, still out. But one fact is still certain. He's a terrible leader. He's taken on a high-paying mission to take out radioactive supervillains, including Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Radioactive Man. I wonder if, never mind. Um, <laughs> they might be giants, maybe? Um, um, but his, but his, but his employees aren't nearly as immune to the radiation as he is. If he isn't careful, the mercs for money will be revolting, which would leave a vacuum to be filled. I am definitely. I remember when we talked about this with Colin. And he said there's the one character who's always speaking Spanish, and he wanted to do the <laughs> the one issue that was reversed. Yeah. Um, I missed out on these back then, but this is a way I will collect. When, when missing out on collections, it's what I did with Howard the Duck. I missed the trade paperback, but I got the trade paperback, so it gives me one easy read. So there you go. There we go. Yeah, trade paperback this week from, from myself. So, uh, how about Eric? You go next. Okay, well, my first pick of the week is, uh, well, we've talked about her already, The Mighty Thor, the Jane Foster Thor, number 16. Written by Jason Aaron, penciled by Russell Dodderman. The Asgard Shi'ar War heats up. Not all gods are equal, and to prove that they're the mightiest, the Shi'ar gods infiltrated Asgard and kidnapped Thor and forced her to be a contestant in their challenge of the gods. The prize? They won't won't kill the people of Midgard. Okay. I think that's fair, don't you? Kylan, uh, your uh, first pick. Sorry. My first pick. We're, we're hitting that time crunch, so I apologize. <laughs> uh, my first pick is number 17, Daredevil, number 17. Uh, the writer is Charles Soule. The penciler cover artist is Ron Garney. New arc, purple, starts here. The question everyone's been asking, what price did Matt Murdock pay to make his identity secret again? And who got left behind in the process? Okay. Well, my Second pick is Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, number 15. Uh, writer is Kathy Leith. Uh, cover artist is Elisa Chartier. Oh, sick. Patty's sick, but this is far from a common cold. Are these fever dreams or living nightmares? Drink lots of fluid and take some vitamin C, Patsy. So, Eric, okay. your second My pick. second pick of the week is Doctor Strange number 17, written by Jason Aaron. Hey, that sounds familiar. Okay. I swear it, I did not plan that. Uh, penciled <laughs> by Fraser Irving and cover artist Kevin Nolan. In the epic Last Days of Magic, Mr. Misery helped Doctor Strange defeat the Empirical. But don't misunderstand. Misery is no hero, and he aims to show Strange the meaning of his name. Okay. 
Kylan, your second pick. My second pick is Star Wars Poe Dameron, number 11. Um, the writer is Charles Soule. The penciler and the cover artist are Phil Noto. Things are heating up for Poe Dameron and Super Spy Master C-3PO. Yep, I said that. Uh, the First Order is on their tail, and Terex is evil cronies as well. Not to mention, who's feeding information to the First Order in the first place? Mm. 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 Well, my final pick of the week is Gwynpool number 12. Yay, she's been around a year. Christopher Hastings <laughs> is the writer. Um, penciler is Maisha Haynes and Gary Hiru. Gwyn's gaming skills are put to the test when she's captured by Arcade. So, oh. Ooh. yeah. There's a character I haven't heard in a while, and I liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arcade's awesome. Yeah. Okay, my third and final pick of the week is Deadpool number 27, written by Gary Duggan, Jerry Duggan, uh, penciled by Scott Hepburn, and David Lopez is the cover artist. Steve Rogers is Captain America, the bastion of all that is good. He's the kind of paragon who helped Deadpool who Deadpool could really take a lesson from. I'm not caught up on his recent comics, but I can't imagine anything would change that. The intern is, uh, it, its uh, you know that, that meme with Futurama with, with Fry says, not serif serious or trolling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, th- I, I'm getting that feeling about the intern because if you look at the cover of Deadpool 27, mm-hmm. you have Deadpool hugging all over Captain America who is standing in front of a Hydra skull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah. Like the uh, yeah, hmm. yeah. That's a fair question to ask. Yeah. So, Kylan, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is uh, Occupy Avengers number four. Uh, the writer is David F. Walker. Uh, the penciler is Carlos Pacheco. And the cover artist is Mike Diodato. Wait a minute. Isn't Nick Fury dead? The original Nick Fury, leader of the Howling Commandos? He's dead, right? Because someone that looks a whole lot like him is out to kill Clint and his renegade team of Occupy Avengers. Plus, has Red Bull found love? Hmm. Does mm. make things interesting. Well, I'm going to jump right into um, the Marvel Unlimited pick of the week. It is West Coast Avengers number one from 1984. Uh, this is what actually got me hooked into the Avengers, but more the West Coast, and then later when it became Avengers West Coast uh, during the 85 Volume 2 run. Um, basically, Hawkeye and Mockingbird are in California inspecting the Avengers West Compound, where they also await, await the arrival of possible members sent to them by the Vision. Iron Man, a.k.a. Jim Rhodes, and Tigra arrive. While they are there, an intruder is detected. Turns out to be the Shroud, who is keeping an eye on Tigra at Jessica Drew's request. They offer him a spot on the team, but he turns it down. And then the story, uh, big note on this, the story continues in Iron Man Annual number 7 from Volume 1 of Iron Man as well. Hmm. So Jim Rhodes as Iron Man. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, um, any final thoughts before we go? Nope. Thought nope. it out. Well, I'm going to go put my brain on a recharge right now. So. All right. Well, I guess only one thing left. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Just time to go dark. I will have to say... The application for Mighty Marvel Geeks to try and secure a spot on the Star Wars Celebration stage has been submitted. Yay! Booyah! 
And by saying that, I can also confirm Eric and myself will be at the show. Got the approval on the press passes today. And if things work out, depending on what we have, we might be able to dial Kylan in as well on the phone into the mix. I will be around. I'll make sure to be present for that. Or or with Skype. And we, and we tap in Skype into this as well. Just have to see. Awesome. Just have to see. And who knows? Maybe we'll get some Marvel creators who are there oh, on the show cool. as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> 